I just had the most fun day and I'm, I want to share with you the details because it's an amazing answer to prayer, but I can't give them all away yet because one of my good friends is getting married and it ended up being a short engagement because I don't know, you know, when you know, and so they're like, let's just get married this summer. Let's just get married in July. And I was like, um, especially in Minnesota where we have a very short, warm season, venues are booked like for years in advance. And so I was like, well, we might have to find a park or a backyard. And then we were like, you know what? Let's pray. Let's pray. The Lord knows he brought you two together. He's in this. And so we prayed and then I was like, okay, who do we know? And then this venue popped into mind and it was like, oh yeah, I went to an event there years ago. I wonder if they're still doing weddings. And so we looked it up, we pulled up their event calendar and the exact Sunday this summer that they were hoping for was available. It was like one of the only green days on the whole calendar. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And we start looking at the pictures on the website. It is just perfect. It's one of those beautiful outdoor barn venues. And so today we got to go and do a tour and meet. Okay. I love weddings. I just, I love babies. I love weddings. I don't know if it's new beginnings, if it's seeing how the Lord brings people together and multiplies them, everything about it. And weddings are just fun, right? And so we got to tour the venue. It is just amazing. And because their booking was such short notice, they're getting an incredible value. It's all coming together. And I am just sitting back. I got in my car after the tour and I was just like, Lord, you are so good. I think a lot of times in prayer, we feel like, oh, this is a small thing, or this is like a natural or earthly thing, or this would just be natural desire, right? To have a beautiful venue or wedding day, even on short notice. And it just reinforced in me how good the Lord is and how much he cares for us and that he's in the details and he's with us every moment. And we actually just went through this with my small group. So I do have a private membership community that meets online and I love this group. I love these women and I love how we're getting to know each other. You would think virtually it would be difficult to connect, but I don't know. I think us girls, we can talk, right? We can connect anyway. And we get together live every Saturday morning. And one of the things we do, we do live by guided Bible study. We do mini workshops where we actually do something together like prayer, worship, and, and apply it right there. And then one Saturday a month, we also do guided prayer. And some of us just feel like we don't know how to pray. Wow, that's a great story, Diana. I wouldn't even know how to pray for some of these needs in my life or even wants that I have. Some of us feel like, you know what? I have been persevering in prayer for a long time and it doesn't work. Or we've dealt with un what feels like unanswered prayer. What do you do when the healing doesn't come, the job, the provision, the restoration in relationship? And so those are really real obstacles that we face. And so I want to invite you into my small group. Membership is closing on May 15th. And so there's just a short few days left for you to sign up. You, there's no obligation. You can quit at any time. So you can literally just come try it out and see if it's a good fit for you. If you're watching this after May 15th or listening, uh, there is a link where you can sign up and get reminders when it opens up again. But I want to share this with you today because we need each other to stand with us in prayer. And we also need to remember who we're praying to. 
And I feel like that's what gives me most of my confidence in prayer. Even like when I am thinking about trying to help plan this like almost shotgun wedding, it's not shotgun, but like two months, like we're going to plan this wedding and like expecting to have a beautiful venue. I... I really had so much faith in the Lord to come through. I I really actually didn't even doubt for a minute that somehow there would be a cancellation, there would be someone's private property, that somehow he would come through. And boy, has he. And a lot of that is based on what I know of him and who I know him to be. And so today I'm going to share with you, I actually did this teaching with our small group last Saturday. So I'm going to bring it to you today. This will also just kind of give you a taste of what uh, our membership community is about and what we do every Saturday. Um, And if you can't be there live on Saturdays, you can always catch the replay as well. And then we do other things throughout the week and month too. Like we just started our spring book club and we pray for each other and all this stuff. So anyway, this is Luke 11. We're going to start in verse 5. So this is known as the parable of the persistent neighbor. And it actually can be a little bit tricky to interpret because it's almost a little bit like tongue-in-cheek. There's almost a little bit of sarcasm in it if you don't necessarily understand kind of the cultural context in times. So we're going to, I'm going to just give you the overview of the story and then we're going to kind of pick it apart piece by piece and how it applies to our confidence in our prayers being answered. So again, this is Luke 11, starting in verse five. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight, middle of the night and say, friend, lend me three loaves of of bread. A friend of mine is coming on a journey and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the friend or neighbor inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And, you know, just context for that, their homes probably would have been one, two rooms at most. And the whole family would have been sleeping around probably the stove. So often there was a small platform around the stove and that's where everybody would sleep together in a family bed. And so if a neighbor is coming at midnight and the friend has to get up and get bread, he's going to wake up the whole family is essentially what he's saying. So, I mean, you know, like as, you know, Westerners, we would think that's a big deal, right? Like go to the convenience store, (laughs) leave me alone. So he says, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so, so again, just kind of giving a little more context for the story. In Near Eastern culture, and we actually see this, I see this with my husband's family from India and their Eastern culture as well. Hospitality is king. In fact, in this culture, in in the story, it's also a shame-based culture. So if you didn't have provisions for a friend, even if he was coming unplanned or unannounced, that actually would look bad for you. So in this culture, any neighbor would willingly lend to their friend. That's kind of the tongue-in-cheek part of this. Like the neighbor wouldn't actually say no because that wouldn't be good Eastern hospitality. And so what we're doing here and what we see a lot in the parables and in Jesus's teaching is these massive contrasts. And so we're, we're seeing here the contrast of someone who is unwilling. And what we're supposed to understand in this picture is that this is the exact opposite 
of our loving Father in heaven. He would never be unwilling, just like a neighbor in Near Eastern culture would never be unwilling to help you out in your time of need. And I think for many of us, this is a really, really important paradigm shift because the reason that we don't either pray at all or with more confidence is we feel like we're trying to move the heart of an unwilling master. We feel like we're praying things that aren't in line with his nature, who he is, or his will for us. Now, sometimes maybe we are. However, the encouragement here is to understand that who we're praying to, our Father in heaven, at the bare, bare, bare minimum, is like a good Near Eastern neighbor. But really, if we understand the fullness of who he is, he is a good, gracious, generous, and loving father in heaven. And so the passage goes on. It says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And the, the tense here of the Greek in this passage would be ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. So just like the neighbor had shameless audacity, there is a lesson for us here to persist. But I do believe, again, the thing that gives us confidence in persisting, the thing that gives us strength and endurance in our persistence, once again, is knowing who we're praying to. And that is a good, loving, and gracious Father in heaven. And the last part of the passage is this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now again here, these are pictures that would have been so common to Jesus's original audience. So when it says, if your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Snake there is actually like an eel-like fish that would have been found like in the Sea of Galilee and would have been common to these fishermen who would be listening to him. And they knew that eel-like snake fish was good for nothing. You couldn't eat it. If you did happen to pull it up or it got in your nets, you just had to discard it. And so which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, is going to give him one of those nasty eel snakes. None of you. You would never do that to your son. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. And the scorpions actually, when they would curl up into a ball for protection or for, uh, I don't know why they do it. Maybe, I think protection. Scorpions would actually look like an egg when they were concealing themselves. And so again, what father? if his son asks for an egg, is going to scare him and harm him and give him a scorpion. So again, we're supposed to understand that our Father in heaven is good. He's gracious. He's loving. There's no switch and bait here, which is actually another thing that the original hearers would understand. See, many of the gods that their neighbors and the Romans would be worshiping were actually, it was dependent on their behavior. 
if they would receive what they wanted from the gods. Or sometimes the gods, even for no reason at all, would trick them into asking for something, but that ultimately wasn't for their good. So they would trick them into asking for, I think one of the stories was something about eternal life. But then what happened as the person aged and aged and their body broke down, it actually ended up being a curse that they lived forever. Things like that. It was like this weird uh, switch and bait with the gods of their, ta- of their day. And so here Jesus is saying, again, this is a good father. This is the one who loves you. And Jesus even called him, it was so scandalous, Abba, Daddy, Father. I mean, he's teaching them to approach God. You know, the Jewish people wouldn't even say his name out of reverence. And now here's Jesus coming and saying, no, this is daddy, Abba, father. This is who you're speaking to when you bring your request. This is who you're talking to if it's something that is, I, it is small. A, a wedding venue is small, right? It's something small or temporal or when it's something big. When you're needing a miraculous healing, when you're needing a job, when you're needing an extra job to help make ends meet, whatever provision it might be, this is who you're approaching. There is no switch and bait. He is not an unwilling master. This is your good and loving father in heaven. And the last part, it says, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And this is a reminder that our blessings under the new covenant are spiritual. So yes, we can go to him with our physical needs. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about what you'll wear. Look at the lilies of the valley. I clothe them. So he promises, uh, seek me for your daily bread. He promises those basic provisions as a good and loving father, but our highest form of blessing in the new covenant is not physical things. It's spiritual. And so Jesus, when he came, the most important spiritual blessing he gave us was salvation. But he also said, I am giving you a helper. I am giving you the Holy Spirit who will empower you and remind me of the things, remind you of the things that I said. So this is important when it says in heaven, Uh, Your father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask them. He's giving us divine empowerment, a divine comforter, a divine reminderer of all of the things that Jesus said and one who will strengthen us. And it helps us to fix our focus on, yes, we do have earthly needs, but ultimately we are blessed and have every spiritual blessing. We are blessed and seated in heavenly places with Christ. And ultimately, that's where we should fix our focus. So speaking of weddings and speaking of persevering in prayer to a good and loving father, I was I was 33 when I got married. And that felt like an eternity to wait, especially when my twin sister Dawn got married well before me in her 20s and had four kids. <laughs> and all of my friends were getting married. And uh, probably around age 29, I developed a habit of praying for my husband every time I put my key in the ignition of my car. I I don't remember where it came from. I believe a pastor was somehow talking about that in a sermon, about this idea of building a prayer habit. And I mean, I think I got in my car and drove every single day, right? I was single. I had moved back to the farm with my mom and dad. I was working in church ministry. 
And it was a good 20, 30 minute drive to work. And so every day I would stick the key in the car of my, in the, stick the key in my Hyundai Sonata car, turn it on. And often I didn't want to. And I didn't feel like praying and it wasn't the first thing on my mind. I wanted to turn up the radio. I wanted to call and talk to my sister or girlfriend, uh, but I would make myself, by the time I got out of the end of the driveway, I'd make myself pray. And maybe you've experienced this. Once you get started, then it starts to flow a little. And I would pray for my family. I would pray for our farm and our farming operation, the family business, my ministry, our church. And I would pray for my husband. And because I was praying for him so consistently every single day, it almost became like a rope prayer or mantra. So I would pray for a strong, godly, intelligent man with strong people skills and entrepreneurial spirit who would treat me like a queen and be an amazing father to my children. And you know, when I pray, I just think, I mean, we are, I mean, not only is this a good and loving father, but he's eternal. And he is king of the universe. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, all of these things. I'm like, let's just swing for the fences here. Like, why just ask for like the bare minimum, right? And so I was like, you know what? These are the things I long for in the husband. I, I of course, want him to be godly. And want him to be, I, I said strong because I wanted him to have a strong personality to keep up with mine. Entrepreneurial, you know, I came from a family of business owners. And so that just seemed like, and I had owned my own business at that point and done marketing and things on the side of ministry. And so that felt important to me. And, um, strong people skills. Like I wanted to feel like he knew how to communicate and we could communicate in our friend groups and be, you know, whatever and have fun together and be on the same level. And so all of these things, it took years. I prayed this almost every single day, if not every single day for years. But when the Lord answered, he exceeded every expectation. And my husband is all of those things and more. And we have just really had a great relationship in marriage. And I'm so grateful. And so I did have to persevere. Jesus is not a magic genie. Like this is not a lamp that we rub or anything like that. I know some people are in difficult marriages. I know some people feel like the Lord answered their prayer, but now it doesn't feel like a blessing. And so I know there's so many things here. And I do know also that we've experienced family members and friends who didn't get healed, who lost their lives, um, provision that didn't come when we thought it should, relationships that didn't get mended. And some of these things are because we live in a fallen and broken world. Some of these things are because the Lord has a much, much bigger plan than we can see right now. I do believe when we get to heaven, it'll all come into clarity in a moment. I really do. All of these these lingering questions, these things that, that war with our faith and cause us to struggle, I do feel like they'll come right into clarity. But I want us to be encouraged today that... that Jesus actually does not make provision for unanswered prayer. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. That's what Jesus said. And nowhere does he say, and if I don't answer, then do this. Or maybe I'll answer, maybe I won't. It says, and the door will be open for you. And so in that, we can find hope 
and confidence and endurance to keep on praying. But I also do think that's why we need each other. Sometimes we need others to hold up our arms. Sometimes we need others to pray on our behalf. Sometimes we feel young or immature in our prayer life and we need others to model it for us. We need them to show us how to pray. We need them to give us the words. And so again, my small group is one way to do that. Um, I do have a book here that I'll recommend as well. It's called Jesus Listens, Daily Devotional Prayers of Peace, Joy, and Hope. So this is a book that actually has prayers written in it for each day. And then you can write your own prayer requests. So this would be another way to, if you're feeling like I don't have the words or I don't have the structure, then you could have a daily journal. Um, And I'll link to this if you're listening on podcasts in the show notes. Again, it's called Jesus Listens. The other thing that I want to encourage you in is I have a mentor who's 80 years old. He had been a pastor for over 50 years and he still keeps a prayer journal. And he writes down what we would think are even the most insignificant things. And my favorite story is he wrote down, he retired from his position at the church. He was struggling with his computer. It had a virus or he couldn't open the application or whatever it might be. And so he wrote down in his prayer journal, Lord, please send someone to fix my computer because he used to be able to rely on the church administrative staff to help him. And he didn't have that anymore. So he said, Lord, please help me with my computer. A few days later, his neighbor had received one of his Amazon packages and came next door to bring it to him. And through the course of the conversation, uh, my mentor friend mentioned that he needed help with his computer. And his neighbor was like, oh, let me take a look at that and had it fixed in five minutes. And so he wrote down that answer to prayer. And sometimes we need even those small wins to help increase our faith. But the thing that I think is so beautiful is I promise you, if you write down those everyday needs, you will see the Lord meet you there. You will see him respond, you will see him provide, and you will see that he cares. And so for some of us, that's the practical step right now. It's like, you know what, even if I open up a notepad in my phone, I, I would really prefer, I I would love for you to have a paper journal and pen if you could keep it by your bedside. Um, and you know, maybe you include that with like a gratitude journal then where you're just thanking him for his provision every day. And even that helps us to see his hand on our lives, how near he is, how much he genuinely cares for us. Again, going back to this wedding venue, one of the reasons why I'm just so jazzed is it could not be more perfect. It just fits my friend to a T in every way. And I've actually, I've, I've really kind of helped plan a lot of weddings. I feel like I've never seen a venue so turnkey where all of a lot of the details, a lot of the decor things, some of the draping and lights that you would want are already there and you don't have to pay extra or coordinate for them to be put up. So much of it is already there. And so we just get to focus on the fun things like the invitations and the dresses and go wedding dress shopping next week. And anyway, again, I keep coming back to that because It's a simple example of a a need, but also that's surrounded in just desire, you know, and, and the answer of it feels like just a kiss from heaven and just, again, just the love and kindness of the Lord. And so I don't want to discount right now the big needs, again, the healing that's needed, or if you're experiencing chronic illness, chronic fatigue, how draining and difficult that can be. If 
you are concerned about the economy and your work or your income right now and your and your finances or your or your retirement and your future if you are concerned about lost loved ones i don't know if there's anything more difficult than wayward children or uh, or close family members who, or friends who have walked away from the lord or never knew him um, if you know whatever the concern may be and so i want us to stick together and i want us to soak in this passage and remember that he is a good father he is not an unwilling master and i do believe as we knock and keep on knocking seek and keep on seeking ask and keep on asking i said that all backwards <laughs> that he will be so faithful to meet us there if you do want to try out my small group, um, I would love to hang out with you and get to know you more. All of the details are in the description or in the show notes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just had to get that in one more time, but let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, thank you that you are a good and loving father and you care so much about our physical needs, about our desires, about our wishes and our wants, and also, Lord, the big needs the healing, the miraculous, the provision that we need. And so, Father, I just pray right now that each one of us could humbly present our request to you. Lord, for those who are weary, who don't have the strength to knock and keep on knocking, Lord, would you send others around them who will strengthen them, who will lift up their arms, who will pray on their behalf? Father, would you bring encouragement? Even right now, we just pray for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit, that each one of us would be refreshed, and Lord, that we would be renewed in our mind and how we think about you, and how we think about you, Lord. Father, I pray that you would deliver us from any judgments about you, any preconceived notions about you, Lord, that aren't true or don't line up with your word. Father, any areas where we think you may be angry or unhappy with us. Father, where we may think that you are uh, begrudging us or, Lord, even smiting us, Lord God. And so, Father, or maybe holding our past against us. So, Father, I release and pray for fresh mercy over each one of us and abundant grace that we could approach you boldly with confidence and with humility. So, Father, again, together we present our needs. We pray that you would help us to persevere in prayer. Help us to keep asking and seeking and knocking, Lord God. And help us to keep hope that the door will be opened. So Father, I bless each one of us now in Jesus' name. Amen.